0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Oasis Church podcast, featuring a talk from Bringing Life, our series exploring the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Together, we see how Joseph is someone who brings life to those around him, even in some tough situations. How his story points forward to Jesus, the ultimate life bringer, and how the invitation for each of us is to be those who bring life in whatever circumstances we find ourselves Ready? Here we go.
1: Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or a foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Then Pharaoh gave Joseph a new Egyptian name, Zaphanath paneah He also gave him a wife whose name was Asenath. She was the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. So Joseph took charge of the entire land of Egypt. He was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt and when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. As predicted, for seven years, the land produced bumper crops. During those years, Joseph gathered up all the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. Finally, he stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. During this time, before the first of the famine years, Two sons were born to, to Joseph and his wife, Asmath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. At last, the seven years of bumper crops throughout the land of Egypt came to an end. Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. The famine also struck all the surrounding countries, but throughout Egypt, there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. And when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. So with severe famine everywhere, Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt. And people from all around all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world.
0: Hi, thanks so much, Rebecca, for reading that. That was so, so good. And uh, it is really good to be with you. Um, my guess is you've noticed that I'm not at South Street this week. I am live from my lounge. Uh, and that's because on Thursday, in my normal regime of converting our front room into my workspace, uh, I managed in moving some furniture that I'd normally move, uh, put my back out, uh, which caused me to be in quite a bit of pain and discomfort, and uh, found that this chair is the chair that I basically can sit on most days and feel okay. So gradually, that's repairing itself. But um, yeah, that's why I'm here. Um, now, the fact that I've pulled my back a bit is slightly ironic because as we're going to look at this story that Rebecca has uh, so excellently read out to us, um, what I want us to zoom in on is how we're positioned to bring life Uh, and therefore it just feels a little bit ironic that I am kind of finding myself not quite positioned how I'd normally be uh, through putting my back out but I think God's going to use it as we'll see as we go on uh, today but in this part of the story of Joseph what we discover is that um, Joseph has gone from this place of being a prisoner and then is elevated to be Pharaoh's uh, number two. And in being that individual, he then gets to provide a rescue plan that brings hope and rescue, not only for the nation of Egypt, but also for the nations of the world around. And we could maybe like zoom in towards the end of the story and like seeing how all the nations are coming to Joseph for rescue and for hope. But actually to get there, we have to realize that Joseph is kind of repositioned. He has to change his mindset and has to be changed in terms of no longer seeing himself as a prisoner, but rather as one who's operating from the palace. And so what we discover is in the first part of that passage that um Uh, Rebecca read out is that there's these different uh, moments, descriptions given of the clothes that he's wearing, the transport that he takes, the uh, jewelry, jewelry that he's got on him, his family that's around him. And you can maybe think, well, these are interesting pieces of information. However, they're not just there for information. They're there to reveal something of the positioning that Joseph has been given, the positioning that enables him to realize that that he's not the prisoner. He's one that's here to bring life to all around. And it's that positioning that I want us to get hold of today is I believe God wants to speak to you and to me about the position that he's given each of us in order that we bring life. It's already come through worship, actually. It's already come through as God has begun to speak over us, this identity that is afforded to each of us through Jesus' life, death and resurrection that causes us to know that we're those that are chosen, loved, accepted by God. But I want to zoom in on this story and to look at how Joseph was positioned. You see, how Joseph was positioned, and there's lots we could look at, but I want to look at three things particularly. I want to look at how he was positioned in terms of his status, how he was named, and the authority he had. You see, Joseph was given status. You see it described through the robes that he wears, that those robes signaled that he was part of the royal household, To all the people around, it was um, signalled through um, his status through the transport that he took, that he had a chariot that was following on behind Pharaoh, which said that he was next in line to Pharaoh with all authority, all power. Um, He had status that all the people were to see. You see it in terms of him being named. His positioning is revealed there that Pharaoh gives him an Egyptian name. In order that he be one that's accepted by the people and one who's identified as one of the people, so he's positioned in terms of his status, he's named, also in terms of his authority. See, we find that he's given the signet ring of Pharaoh, that he's given Pharaoh's authority, that what Joseph says, what Joseph does, is as though Pharaoh is saying it, is as though Pharaoh is doing it. You see, Joseph is one who's positioned, positioned in a way that it causes people not to see him as the prisoner, but to see one who's come to bring life through his status, through his being named and through his authority. And Joseph sees this as he looks back on this part of the story later on, as we're gonna see, as not just that Pharaoh has caused him to know these things, but actually it's God. God is one who's positioned him in this place in order that he would be about rescuing all people, saving their lives. What about us then? See, just as Joseph was repositioned by Pharaoh, that God used Pharaoh, that what we find is that through Jesus's life, death and resurrection, we're positioned. We're positioned to bring life that through what Jesus has done, it causes you and I to know those three similar moments of position in terms of our status, of being named, of knowing our authority. See, through Jesus, we now know status, that we are forever declared children of God. It's what 1 John 3.1 says, that you and I are now God's children, for that's who we are, forever loved but we're also those who are named. And so in John 15, we find that Jesus says in verse 12 to 14 that we're now those that are named as beloved, those who are now named as his friends. In Romans 8 verse 17, we find out that we're named as those who are now co-heirs with Christ, that everything that Jesus is going to have All that is going to happen in terms of his rule and reign filling this earth is now one that we're now caught up in, that we get to share in as we're co-heirs with him. We're not only have status, we're not only named, we're also those who have authority that Jesus in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20 says that he has all, all authority and now sends us in that authority as those who then go with his authority to bring the life of who he is to everyone. We don't go in our own steam, but rather we go with Jesus' authority to bring his life to everyone, everywhere. And Jesus says, like earlier on in Matthew, that there isn't to be a burden, isn't to feel a weight, but rather being yoked to him. Knowing his authority is to cause ease and lightness, see we're those who are positioned to bring life. But the reality is sometimes I don't know about you, but I forget that. I find myself rather thinking like this is the positioning I now have because of Jesus to bring life i I begin to just look at myself and. I can find myself out of position. I can find myself out of position and focusing more on my past of like what I've done or or what's been done to me. Like Joseph could have done this. Like he could have actually had all of these different positions given to him by Pharaoh. And yet, still kind of thought about the rejection he'd known from his family, still lived as though he was the prisoner. And yet, we discover like when he names his first son, it's like this statement of saying, No, I'm not going to live in my past, and rather living knowing that God is with me and that God is using me. This is my position because of God. But sometimes we can find that our past causes us to become. Like out of position. Maybe it's not our past. Maybe it's our future. Maybe it's those moments of saying, like, when I get to that position, when I uh, get that responsibility, when I'm at that life stage, then, I, then, then I'll be able to bring life. We find like the reality of the positioning that Jesus has afforded us. We, we find ourselves out of that position as we're continuously looking to the future rather than the positioning is already now here to bring life maybe it's not the past maybe it's not the future maybe it's comparison maybe it's that we find ourselves continuously saying yeah but i'm not like them like i i i I kind of haven't got my life quite sorted like them or or i haven't got like their career or their life stage maybe it's not comparison maybe it's like limitation put on us from others that we find ourselves in different environments and feeling squashed by, others see, uh, by uh, how others see us. But you see, the reality is this, that that positioning that Jesus affords you and I, that positioning that, jo- that Joseph was afforded by Pharaoh wasn't something that might happen, it had happened. And it's the same for us with Jesus. It, it has happened that our status, is forever as children of God. Our our being named is forever beloved friends, co-heirs. Our authority is always from Jesus to go and bring Jesus' life to everyone, everywhere. And therefore we have to, like, recognise when we're out of position Of realising that that reality that's afforded us from Jesus, we've just, like, lost sight of therefore, we have to kind of put things back in place. We have to kind of cause ourselves to get back into position. If you like, we have to reposition ourselves. Let's go back to my back for a moment. Like on Thursday morning, what I found is I was just like laid on the floor. I couldn't move. I was like, man, what am I going to do here? I couldn't like deny the fact that I'd like done my back in a bit. It's like I had to acknowledge it, like to kind of carry on with my day of thinking, oh no, I'm totally fine, would just be a complete like nightmare. It would have just been confusing. It would have caused me to get more and more pain. So I had to acknowledge it and having acknowledged it, I then had to recognize I needed to do something about it. I needed to kind of reposition myself and literally like sit down, like take some medication, like get some heat pads, some support. And then having kind of recognized that I needed to do something about it, I then just had to rest. And so I've been doing for a few days, just resting what I'm doing with my back, allowing it time to kind of recover in order that I can rep- reposition myself. And in that recognizing, what I'm having to then do is just keep remembering like remembering like how I'm holding myself, like even now as I'm like moving around, I'm continuously thinking like what is this doing in respect of my back, If I'm going to lift something, thinking about how I'm going to lift it in order that I don't damage my back. So I think that's what we need to do when we come to reposition ourselves, so we live in the wonder of the position Jesus affords us. We just need to acknowledge where we're allowing ourselves to be out of position, allowing our past, our future comparison or the limits of others to kind of define us. And having kind of acknowledged that, we just have to recognize it and say, okay, I don't want to live like this anymore. This isn't how I need to. Actually, I need to see that there's this position that Jesus has afforded me We just have to spend time resting in it. See, I think sometimes we can think, oh, yeah, that resting is literally just a moment. And sometimes it is. But sometimes we've just lived out of position for so long. We have to spend time resting in the wonder of the position that Jesus has afforded you and I. in order that starts to sink deep in again. And then having rested in it, we then have to live remembering our position in Jesus. It's that we get to live daily, just continue to remember as we go into different environments, as we're in our workplaces, with our neighbours, in our shops, with our households, is remembering actually I'm positioned as one with status, who's named, with authority to bring the life of Jesus. See, we're those that are positioned to bring life. We really are. We're those who are positioned by Jesus with status, who are named with authority to bring life. This is how Paul puts it in Ephesians 2, verse 10. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Here's the deal. You and I are God's masterpiece, and he has crafted us in love to be positioned to be those who do the good things that he planned for us to do uniquely in the environments we find ourselves in, to bring life through the status, through being named in the authority that we have, all through Jesus. I just want to pray for us, and then I'm going to hand back to uh, Becca and the band to lead us in a song as we respond. Just where you are, why don't you just close your eyes so you don't get distracted by anything else. I just want to pray for us. Jesus, I want to ask, would you cause each and every one of us to know how you have positioned us through your life, death and resurrection, Jesus, to bring life? And I just pray for different ones of us where we found ourselves out of position, whether it's our past, our future, whether it's comparison or limitations of others or something else. I just pray, would you come and would you cause us to see it and to know you meeting with us to bring us back into position in order that we be those that can rest in it, remember it, and then out of that place, bring life wherever you send us. I ask this for your glory, Jesus. Amen.